0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Monday, February 14th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines: A vaccine mandate for workers. And House GOP members ask EPA to protect dicamba usage. Democrats push vaccine mandate for workplaces. A group of Democrats have introduced a measure that would require COVID-19 vaccinations for all California workers. The bill would apply to all workplaces and employees, including independent contractors, while granting exemptions for medical conditions, disabilities, or religious beliefs, and it would levy a penalty on businesses that failed to comply. Our pathway to stability and away from a perpetual state of uncertainty is clear. Vaccination, stated Assembly Member Buffy Wicks of Oakland when introducing the legislation. Moderate Democrat Cecilia Agar-Curry of Winters and Bill Dodd of Napa have signed on as author and co-author respectfully. FSA Chief. Fertilizer shortage could lead to CRP enrollment. High fertilizer prices could lead more producers to consider taking their land out of crop production and enrolling it in CRP. Farm Service Agency Administrator Zach Nushino said In an interview with Agripulse, the price of fertilizer is skyrocketing right now, he said. I think that's actually going to probably drive more folks to look at CRP as an option. However, Duchino said it's still very early to tell what CRP enrollment will look like until the general sign-up closes March 11th. Enrollment began January 31st. The grassland sign-up starts April 4th and ends May 13th. Now, keep in mind, corn and soybean prices are also soaring, and that could in turn discourage farmers from taking cropland out of production. House Republicans appeal to EPA to protect dicamba usage. Representative Jim Baird, the Indiana Republican, and 65 of his GOP colleagues are urging EPA to take steps to ensure growers can continue to use dicamba In over-the-top applications, the agency announced in December that it was considering further restrictions on the herbicide, saying in a report that measures imposed for 2021 had failed to reduce complaints of herbicide drift. In a letter to Administrator Michael Regan, the lawmakers claim that report is flawed and fueling litigation over the weed killer. They also note that farmers have already placed orders for the chemical to use during the upcoming growing season. We urge the EPA to abandon its path of recent actions on this critical crop protection tool and to work with state regulators, grower organizations, and registrants themselves to ensure these products remain on the market and available to growers, the lawmakers say. EPA hasn't set any new restrictions for the 22-growing season. The agency said in December that training programs using the 21 restrictions could continue. Biden unveils Indo-Pacific strategy with little for trade. The White House on Friday released an explanation of the core tenets of its much-anticipated Indo-Pacific strategy aimed at tightening U.S. relationships with key allies, like Japan, South Korea, Thailand, and India. Groups like the U.S. Chamber of Commerce were not expecting the strategy to be anything like free trade agreements that would increase access to foreign markets for U.S. exports, and they were proven correct. The strategy aims to improve Indo-Pacific prosperity and security, as well as build the region's ability to deal with transnational threats. While President Biden's Indo-Pacific strategy provides a broad-brush foreign policy approach for this important region, the outline for building closer economic ties remains vague, says Sharon Boomer-Lardison, founder of Ag Trade Strategies LLC and former assistant U.S. Trade Representative for Agriculture Affairs and Commodity Policy. Certainly it appears that the administration at this time is not looking to negotiate a trade agreement that will help U.S. agriculture compete with countries in the region, she said. Expanding market access opportunities through new trade agreements would diversify export markets and strengthen prices to the benefit of America's farmers and ranchers. Canadian truckers took toll on meat trade. Canadian authorities cracked down over the weekend on truckers blocking bridges to the U.S., which will relieve uh, be a relief to the U.S. and Canadian beef and pork traders who ship almost all their products by truck. Blockage of the Ambassador Bridge was a primary concern to U.S. exporters because it's the gateway to Toronto, and traffic has been diverted for the past week to the smaller Blue Waters Bridge, according to U.S. Meat Export Federation spokesman Joe Shuly. That was creating significant delays, forcing some U.S. exporters to put off shipments. The U.S. sent roughly a billion dollars' worth of pork to Canada in 21, Shuly said. And it's not just meat that has been impacted. You've got a lot of agriculture trade taking place at those crossings, whether it's feed grain, feeder pigs coming south, or feeder cattle going north. Here's today's He Said It. We'll take your bet and throw down some California's world-class agriculture offerings. That was Governor Newsom on a Super Bowl wager with Ohio Governor Mike DeWine. Newsom was fronting California wine, cheese, and nuts, while DeWine has thrown down a Cincinnati sausage. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Monday, February 14th. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Daly.